Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. All right, welcome to the walkout. Following the Bengals beatdown in Baltimore, they lose 27-3. Can you say somebody loses 27-3 and it wasn't that close? Because that's what happened. Yeah, <laughs> that's what happened on Sunday uh, as the Bengals are pummeled and uh, beaten up in every way, shape, and form and will go back to the drawing board as they prepare for Indianapolis this coming week. But there are a number of interesting things to get into, Jay. Uh, so we shouldn't waste too much time. Some of them are familiar themes uh, that you may uh, you may be aware of in this loss. Um, I'll let you pick. Where do you want to start? Because they're all the same to me. Yeah, I say we start with AJ. I mean, I think that's what yep. most people are talking about right now. And uh, definitely... Um, maybe something with the the longest term ramifications if what we think we saw him lip on the sideline is indeed what he said. Yeah, so this is really complicated for a couple of reasons. Um, if you haven't seen it, there's a video going around during Sunday's broadcast after AJ kind of mysteriously shows up uh, as not going to return with a hamstring injury. It happened, uh, I think, right after halftime. Uh, we were waiting to hear news on DJ Reader, who is out for the season, re- reported by NFL Network with a quad injury. Uh, that's not good, by the way. Um, and all of a sudden, AJ Green pops up, hamstring, not coming, not coming back. And it was like, well, when did he get hurt? I didn't see that. I missed that. And they're discussing him. I think Amanda Baleonis is doing the sideline report and it cuts to AJ Green in the sideline while they talk about him and he mouths. It appears he mouths, if you're not going to use me, something, something, just trade me to uh, someone he's talking to on the sideline. That person has a bit of a reaction to those words. And it's hard because, again, we don't know context. We, he could have been saying, and that's when I told John Ross, here's what you do. Say, don't just trade. You know, we don't We don't know the context of the conversation. We don't know that he definitely said that. No, you there's you can read lips all you want and think you know what you saw all you want. We we just, we, we don't. We can't be sure. But we have a frustrated A.J. Green. We have the history that exists there with frustration with him. He is is not being used. All of a sudden, this hamstring pops up, and we have him on screen potentially saying, "Just trade me if you're not going to use me." I mean, what do we what do we make of this? I mean, is this trouble brewing? Is this everyone is has a right to be frustrated on the sideline when you're getting your ass kicked? I mean, that to me, that's part of it. Yeah, well, and you wonder. I mean, we'll have to go back and watch closer. Are there? Are there plays where he's open and he could have got the ball and he didn't get it? Um, did he 
did he take himself out of the game because his hamstring was bothering him or did the coaches say, Hey, you're not, it doesn't look like you're, you're full speed out there. And, and they pulled him out of the game because, you know, he, he might have said his hamstring was bothering him. That's what this whole thing was in training camp was it wasn't really a hamstring injury. It was just a little tightness and they didn't want to force anything. And if, if that's what's going on again, um, if it's enough, I mean, he's, when when healthy, he's not been getting separation and running well. It, all it takes is a little tweak, a little tightness, and and he's going to be even slower and even struggling even more to get open. So yeah, there's just there's just a whole bunch missing right now. And and uh, a request was made for AJ to come on the post game zooms. That did not happen. Um, we, we don't know why. Um, if 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 it was even communicated to him, sometimes those guys are in. I mean, they're, they're out of that locker room so fast on a road game. And if he's, if he was injured and getting treatment, they, they, they may have just not been able to find him right in time for the Zoom. So hopefully we get him on Monday and get some more clarification on what's going on. Right now, it's just speculation. It is just speculation. But the bottom line is this is added on to a, the beginning of the game and an interception that was thrown over top of him that he, now, I asked Zach Taylor about the interception, and he said, you know, I was right in front of him. I didn't think there's any chance AJ could have gotten that ball or even knew where it was. So he doesn't make any effort to help on a on interception. So let's say he can't get it. And the guy's running, and AJ is – he looked like he switched teams. He looked like he went over and decided to join the Ravens and was blocking. Yeah. He ran the exact opposite way uh, of where Marcus Peters was running with the interception ball. You throw these things together, One that was his only target today. In the first half, non-existent AJ Green after a game last week where he had one target for three yards or one reception for three yards, and he feels you know he's being questioned by everyone. the The drama is surrounding him. It's what's wrong with AJ Green? Is he washed up? He is washed up. All this stuff. You know he hears that stuff, and now he's got to go out here and he can't get a ball partially because. Joe Burrow's on the bat on his back before Green can get out of his break because it's a disaster. Um, and yeah, I'm sure he is frustrated, but we don't we don't know. And so it's really hard. I think people I, I had to sort of tweet like I, I see it. You can stop sending me the video. We know it's out there. It's just it's hard to speculate anything for certain. Certainly, it's a there's smoke. But we don't know if there's fire in, in, at this point. Uh, we will do our best to get more clarity on that this week for sure. But, yes, it's it's out there. It does not appear to be going well with A.J. Green. And perhaps this is, you know, even worse. Yeah, and you wonder the play you talk about, the target, you, you wonder how much of that play led into the decision, whether it was by him or by the coaches, for him not to play the rest of the game because – you know, Zach's right. He, there's no way he was going to catch that ball. It was so overthrown. But I mean, he before he was running the caravan with the Raven, he just quit. It, I mean, how do you, if you're a wide receiver and you get overthrown in the middle of the field, you have to figure that ball is probably going to be picked. I mean, how do you just quit and just assume that that it was just an overthrow and there's nobody behind you? And I mean, he he looked surprised that the play was even still going and. um yeah, it was it was just a bad look, and w- when you couple that with the fact that the past four games when we haven't seen anything, and then what happened after that with him coming out of the game, it's just there's there's some questions that that need to be addressed, and hopefully we can do that on Monday with with 
with AJ um, himself. It would have been better to get him a little bit more in the heat of the moment after the game because he'll have time to gather his thoughts and feel better and know how to say the PR thing tomorrow. Um, Maybe. I don't know. He could Carlos Dunlap this. Which, by the way, that happened after our last podcast. Carlos came out and threw the coaching staff under the bus. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, again, I wrote a mailbag on Friday that was sort of on, I have so many questions and so so many questions from fans and that that exist around the prominent pieces of the Marvin Lewis era that still remain. And there's less and less of them. And they all seem to be a bit discontented um, or underperforming or some combination of the two. RJ, before we move on, let's take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply. Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Let's get back to the subject that has been a, a part of this whole season, the, the number one for this whole season, that is protecting Joe Burrow, the lack of doing so. Today there was a different element in that it was the the Ravens have done this to a lot of teams this year, and that's bring a ton of blitz and get free runners out of it and just have you scrambling and or just on your back. And I think that combination with the combination of their – the Bengals, so much empty five in the route stuff going on, and the Ravens just had free runners coming up on them all day. Seven sacks we end up with in this one, um, and a ton more pressures and knockdowns. Hit from behind a couple of times for fumbles. Just an awful day, and people are screaming offensive line, and there was plenty of that. But this was a lot on, you know, Burrow had a lot of holding the ball too long today. And there was a lot of misprotections. Um, and there's a lot of receivers not getting open. I think it's probably a combination of everybody. And, and you can scream offensive line and be right. But also, you know, you got to, there's a lot of Joe Burrow kind of looking a little bit like a rookie for the first time today. That, that's exactly it. That's what I was going to say. He looked rattled for the first time that we've seen. And because he, he, his accuracy is so sharp and he was way off on a number of throws today. And it, you, you just wonder if it's, if it's the cumulative effect, not just of the hits today, but the season wearing on him. Um, if everything's just sped up because he doesn't know where the pressure's coming from. And it was, that was, that was really uncharacteristic that the, the throw to AJ was a perfect example. He sailed that so high and he had a couple other ones that he missed really badly. And you just don't see that from him. Um, and, and it was, it was, 
it was where's the pressure coming from and the, the some was on the offensive line like you said but there were a lot of free runners uh Joe trying to shake guys um the kind of a a lack of the the two the two times he got hit from behind it was almost kind of a, a lack of pocket presence the guys went by him and it was like he thought they were just gone for good and that they don't quit on plays they come back and and get him I think one he was actually kind of running away from him but the other it, it, the one that when Queen hit him from behind um just kind of he, he, we just haven't seen that from him and and he did he looked he looked like a rookie today and I mean it it shows that the, just the, there was nothing on that offense and and we saw I mean basically Zach Taylor waved the white flag in the fourth quarter there that final drive they a third seven they run Joe Mixon that's all they were doing running at the end of the game they just didn't want Joe Burrow to take any more hits you're not going to win the game you're not there's no 27 point play out there um it was I was I kind of thought maybe they they might just pull him all together after the the Patrick Queen touchdown return because then it's 27 nothing I think what maybe seven or eight minutes at that point there's no way you're coming back and winning that game but they left him in and um, just kind of like I said waved the white flag and just ran the ball a bunch waving the white flag was the right move by the way yeah I mean that that was what they should have done probably a little bit more so in Cleveland when they threw it 60 plus times um, you know I, I you could argue that waving the white flag would have been better to do without Joe Burrow in there probably, but um, I'm fine with him being out there and throwing a little bit and handing the ball off. Mostly that's, that's, that's fine with me. Uh, I, I don't, I, there were people who had a problem with that. I, I prefer that it looked more like that. It probably should have been maybe even earlier. Um, you know, you can argue that the second half game plan should have looked more like that drive did. It's like, you know what, just keep running it. And see if you can get that to work because what's happening right now with the blitz stuff and the running game wasn't working. I mean, they were trying to run it before the, the last drive and it just there was nothing there. I mean, they're going for negative yardage and the Ravens knew it stopped the run on early downs and and tee off on third. And that's what it looked like. And and you get all the hits and everything else. Um, the defense played better. You know, I. I I, the defense, you, you maybe you thought they were going to be the problem, and we kind of pointed to them a lot this week as far as measuring stick game and all this type of stuff. And now we'll see how they deal with a lot of adversity with injury with Reader and whatever comes of Hubbard, um, who's hurt. But, you know, in the secondary, they played fairly well. You know, Mark Andrews ripped him up a little early. Von Bell had a lot of trouble with him. They had that, their touchdown driver. They had five third downs, and three of them in a row were converted by Mark Andrews, including for a touchdown and a three or third and fourteen, and that wasn't great. But then they they shut that down. They they did okay against the run, despite one sixty one. Ah, one sixty one. You predicted it, Jay. The Bengals growler bet would get hit this week. And we it made did. it too easy. We needed decibel points. And it was hit, so we will have more on that uh, on the podcast on Tuesday. But congratulations. I've got to go through. I, we, to everybody that sent in, by the way, we had like 50-plus uh, submissions on Twitter. I got about another 30 in my inbox. To everybody, it made me real nervous when I saw everybody. Everybody felt the same thing you did, Jay. They can get this. They, this growler can be theirs. Also, this coming up this week, Optimistic Bobby will be back on Tuesday. A, 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 a very wary Bengals nation turns his eyes to you, Bobby. They need you right now. Uh, so we'll bring him on Tuesday as well. Also, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm hot right now on the teasers. Something very, very fun is going to be added to our show, hopefully forever. 
and that's going to start on Tuesday, which I'm also very excited about. I will just leave that there. Very, very excited, though. All of that's going on. All that said, the defense, I, you know, you'll take it. Maybe Lamar was a little banged up with his knee. You know, they Logan Wilson with an interception. They seem to do some good things. Darius Phillips played well. Jesse Bates continued to play well. Um, if you're looking for silver linings in 27 to 3, uh, that's probably the one. Maybe some encouraging stuff from the D. Yeah, and I, I do think that Lamar's injury played a role. They they just didn't there weren't maybe but a couple designed runs for him, but they did a good job on Ingram and Gus Edwards. They did a good job against the run. That number's big. 161 is way more than you want, but there was a there was what a reverse for 42 early Those in the count. game and I know they count, but uh and that's what they've been saying for a while. It's it's a lot of the the bigger chunk plays that they've given up have been quarterback scrambles and and stuff like that like the uh, reverse um they've actually been fairly decent on design regular run calls um and they were again today but they they got hit on a couple big ones um that that bloated that total but yeah you um Darius Phillips played really well uh put the pressure he he came off the out of the slot a number of times and and blitzed Lamar um and I, Logan Wilson played well. Uh, I, they they went to him. It was it was Von Bell that Mark Andrews was pretty much abusing on early on in that touchdown drive, and they they kind of went to to putting Logan Wilson on him a little bit more, and they they did a good job on Andrews after that. But yeah, I guess if in a twenty seven to three game where your quarterback gets crushed seven times, that you you almost have to look for some silver linings, and that would certainly be it because. I, I thought if they were going to play well and keep this game close, and we talked, we both thought they were going to cover the spread. I thought it was going to be more in the the highest higher scoring. The offense was going to do better, and this this whole thing was on the defense. If if you had known going into this game the defense was going to play the way they did, um, I I, I guess you still would have expected a cover, but I, I that's not the way I I thought that it was going to be the offense carrying the defense, and it was completely the opposite. Little pause in the action here, and let's uh, hear from a sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach is wasting the time of both the buyer and seller at every stage, especially when sellers are using shallow and outdated data. Your organization can overcome these challenges with technology that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to better outcomes, like more pipeline, higher win rates, and larger deals. We call this Deep Sales, and we've built the first Deep Sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash maze23. That is linkedin.com slash maze23 for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash maze23 and get started. To this point, you know, the last few weeks, the offense had played fairly well, and you felt like that's where the confidence was coming from. Burrow had three straight games over 300 yards, and they were he, get, he was getting better each week. But, you know, the curious thing will be to see how Indianapolis, um, even well, Cleveland probably ain't going to feel like they need to change much the way they beat them <laughs> up, but yeah, how much the blueprint of the stuff the Ravens do is used going forward, whether it be the zero blitz stuff, whether it be, you know, to try to – to this point, the thing about that was to this point this year, Burrow had been really good against the Blitz. 
And he had been kind of tearing it up. When teams had gone after him, he had found ways to burn him on it. He had been the most efficient as a passer against blitzes this year over any other situation. Not so on Sunday. And now some of that is the Ravens. I mean, the Ravens are good at it. Like, they've done that to everybody this year um, to some, in some capacity. So some of that is the case, but still – you will see how much of this they see going forward because this was certainly uh, the most confused and perplexed uh, and beat up, maybe even more so than the Browns game, uh, than we've seen Joe Burrow all year. And you expected it. There's As good as he was last year, number one overall pick and all that, and, and the way, as good as he was the first month of the season, you knew a game like this was coming. And maybe, maybe – People should have known that this was the game it was going to happen just because of the, the nature of Baltimore's defense. But Zach was very adamant in the in the postgame press conference. There, there's no reason to hit the panic button on this. It's it's one game. It's yes, it was ugly, um, but they feel like it's going to be an anomaly and, and they can bounce back from this. And, and Tyler Boyd basically guaranteed it. He said, we're not going to play like this again. So we'll, we'll see if they can back that up. Yeah, Tyler Boyd. I love Tyler Boyd. He says he's very confident. He is. He often says very confident things after games, and I appreciate it. And you want more people to have his attitude and play the way he does. Uh, but that doesn't mean that we're not going to see more games like this. Uh, <laughs> and that's kind of the, just the way it is. So uh, that's where it's at. Uh, Bengals lose 27 to 3. It was not particularly close. Joe Burrow's back of his jersey. I, like They should have given him a new one at halftime. Like you know, what, let's just start over. This jersey is looks like it looks like it's about to go through the like when Hulk Hogan rips it off treatment. You know, <laughs> like rips it. It felt like it was close to that. It was like almost all green on the back. <laughs> I think they should have just just we'll just give you a second one so we don't feel so bad. Uh, you go muddy that one up a little bit, but it was just time after time. Uh, he's just he's getting beat up. He's taking big hits. There's. there's quite a few ouches definitely a couple goddams in there uh so we'll be we have to adding that we'll go back to the game of adding those up again um we shall see uh so uh we'll be back of course on tuesday uh, which i mentioned earlier with the podcast and we'll have so much more on this debacle and looking forward to playing the other team that uh is actually is ranked as the number one defense in football next week so that's what you want uh, if you're the Bengals. Hey, we told you, this is big boy football. This is a five-game stretch of big boy football for the Bengals to figure out if they're real at all, if any of the momentum was real at all, or if they are still the same team they were last year. Through one week? You, you don't need me to tell you, do you? You don't need me to tell you what the answer was. Four more opportunities. They just gotta, as we said, they got to hang on for dear life and hope to find some way to scrape through this and become a better team. That's your silver lining of hope that I'm offering for you today is that the best hope is that, hey, they get to play four more important games the next four weeks and try to win one and hope they don't look like this. So we shall see. All right, Jay. Appreciate it. Uh, everybody, reminder, keep everything uh, locked into The Athletic. We have all your coverage from this game and throughout the week and everything else, uh, plus everybody, insiders across every team in the league and national people and college football, you name it. Everywhere you look, we've got people inside. Over 400 plus writers, all can be yours uh, for one low monthly subscription. We would love for you to join. Please do. Uh, thanks everyone for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Have a good one, everybody.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.